Hi, this is Fiber Variety Hour. I'm Kat Eldred. And I'm Emily Woolside. And we recorded this interview with Kim Pasco from Chasing Acorns back in May, I think it, it was. It was May. <laughs> yeah. So now we're in November and life has happened. And we're really excited to get it out to you now. And today we actually did a little bit of other housekeeping and sat and actually recorded a different episode for you guys that we'll release after Kim's is out. But it was just a hostful kind of catching you up on what we've been up to. So, um, but Kim's uh, was a little different than some of our other podcasts. Um, Kim makes really amazing project bags um, and is also a maker of all different other things, which you'll find out in the podcast because uh, she really talks about a lot of the projects that she's been working on instead of fibery things. It's true. And she can pretty much do anything she sets her mind to. So please enjoy this chat with Kim. Da, da, da. This is Fiber Variety Hour and we have Kim from Chasing Acorns hanging out with us, telling us about her new ambulance. Uh, a la camper is that right camper yeah rv so. rather a what rv rv there we are yes because it's attached right oh, how's it going good good definitely less um it's it's like anticlimactic now we get to like come off of all of the things that are happening in real life and be like okay oh look you're showing us your cute dogs again dog again <laughs> i don't after chasing my dog and cat out of the studio, I was like, it's either this or he's going to bark the entire time. I have nothing against being able to stare at cute dogs and cats and animals and hedgehogs and whatever else is available to stare at. Well, right. speaking of dogs, the reason that my camera just went flying and everything else was the neighbor dog started barking and then Frank started barking and I jumped up to close the door after I hit mute and my foot got caught on the cord and the camera went flying and the microphone went swinging. So it was pretty break. epic looking. And for anybody who doesn't know, Frank is actually her dog. <laughs> I did say speaking of dogs. You did say speaking of yes, dogs, but then you said, the, you said the dogs next door started barking and Frank started barking. And I was like, it sounds like your uncle Frank started barking at the dogs next door. Who knows? She, she did say speaking of dogs. She did say speaking of dogs. She did. Just ignore me. Emily, it's fine. I'll just go play with my puppets. No. So... Sorry, Kim, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Chasing Acorns. Tell us about your podcasting, your life, your love, your, I don't know, just stuff. Well, I started, um, I started my quote unquote business uh, back in 2008, actually underneath a different name, but it was still making bags. And then in 2011, my husband and I got married. And when I went to go change the business, name over you know for official reasons they're like oh you're gonna have to refile for your business all over again so I figured I might as well just change my name while I'm at it so that's how chasing acorns came about oh that's so frustrating I didn't even... <laughs> oh <man>. it was <laughs> but it was a blessing in disguise because um I used to be called strange fruits but back then I had never heard of like the uh connotation associated with it um like the racism so I was like happy that someone had informed me and I was like it's a great opportunity I should just change it you know um because like my friend I'm very awkward I'm very funny uh to, well I think I'm funny <laughs> 
but she used to call me a strange fruit all the time because she just thought I was crazy. Well, <laughs> so it was um, I, can, I can concur that you are funny, yeah. but go on. So it was a very funny term to me. I thought it was cute and I had a little star fruit, you know, a, a fruit that's not very common um, as my logo. And, but once someone informed me, I was like, I need to change this. I'm like, I just need to do something about this. And it was the perfect opportunity. I had to change my name anyways, because I was getting married. So I just did it all at the same time. <laughs> so, Where did the acorns come from then? Uh, so when I was a kid, <laughs> very weird story again. Um, we used to go camping and all the time I would look for the acorn trees and collect the caps of them and make whistles out of them crazy kid I know right so then uh, I just figured that was a hobby that I like to do and I thought it was cute and I think of acorns now as like uh, the different hobbies that I chase after you know like oh I like sewing I like embroidery you know uh, spinning knitting and to me it's always just something that I'm chasing after you know the next new hobby well there's always you know ways to expand upon that so it's <laughs> I, love that. I didn't know that history behind your um your business name I think it's wonderful yeah I when I actually I did the Ann Arbor Fiber show was my first ever show and that's when I found out about it and I was like yep need to fix this I need to correct all of this this is not good this is not who I am I'm like I'm fixing this so but yeah so yep. like my business is just really like sewing and um, we just recently got into 3D printing um, fiber tools. So, and just like other like Cricut accessories. Is that the term? Yeah. Like things to like tool holders and whatnot to go with your Cricut. So, so you can stay organized because I'm not. That's awesome. Um, you were doing stuff with resin too for a while, weren't you? Yeah. Yep. I still do stuff with resin. It's just not at the forefront. Um, I found that now after doing resin for a while um I, i'm starting to have a little bit of a breathing issues with it so like any time like um an allergic reaction kind of you know so when i do pouring if i'm not doing it outside i start getting like really stuffy and I, my throat like starts to get itchy so um so that's not like really at the forefront anymore um just because in unless i can do it outside yeah it's not the best thing for me to do. Yeah, it sounds like the 3D printing was a good kind of stand-in for that sort of thing that you can right. do now. Are you, um, because there's a couple different kinds of 3D printing. Are you doing like the PLA or are you doing resin 3D printing? Uh, we are doing the PLA. So it's a filament that comes on a spool and then you, um, you feed it into um, like a nozzle and the nozzle does the printing. Um, I think if I did the resin printing, I would probably have the same kind of issue with it. So, and there's um, also a resin or um, not a resin, a type of 3D printing that does uh, with powder. So what it does is it like heat sets a layer and it moves up and then you clear the powder off and your like piece like emerges out of it. It's really cool. Expensive, but really cool. <laughs> There have been so many innovations with stuff like that that I think that fiber artists have really taken advantage of with creating different tools too. Um, you know, obviously people have made spindles, but I've seen lucettes and mm -hmm. 
uh, like tiny weaving shuttles and stuff. So that, that's really fun um, <laughs> to be playing around with that. It, it is. It's really expensive or expansive because like any, uh, I mean, it sounds building, like it could be expensive to get into as a hobby though. It, it's actually not. Yeah. A, printer, a starter only costs like a couple hundred dollars, you know, surprisingly much less than a spinning wheel. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Speaking of expensive hobbies. <laughs> but I'm sorry. You were starting to say expansive. Yes. Uh, so like any, you can, with a 3D printer, like anything that you could think that you need for any hobby, you can pretty much print it, design it, print it, and then you're off and running, you know? So like the, the yarn bowls that people are making, the uh, spindles for your spinning wheels, you know, the, um, forgive me, what are they called? The bobbins? The bobbins. <laughs> brain fart we're, we're like bobbins spindles yeah. are a part of a spinning wheel too it's too true fair, so. Yeah. so but like I mean like you said in a day you could print um like I'm currently printing a 3d circular sock knitting machine what yes I just what? got the needles in for it. I just have to build the box that it sits in and assemble it and then I will have a 3d 3D circular sock knitting machine made out of 3D filament. So did you design it or are there ways to, do you download plans and that kind of thing for those? Yeah, I downloaded the plans. I don't think I'm technically advanced enough to actually design something like that. Uh, but there are actually a lot of plans out there on um, a website called Thingiverse uh, that are available. And actually you can find anything that you need, like vacuum replacement vacuum hoses like uh battery organizers like anything and everything in the world is on there yeah I think it's really incredible that universe um Joe's really into a lot of this and we have a laser engraver now and stuff so, like we we have some of these things and a lot of the, the plans and uh free things are there and it's kind of incredible because like we're part of communities in the fiber world where like a lot of people are really willing to share, but some people are really guarded about their techniques. And it seems like yes. in that 3D printing world and that tech world that there's just an incredible amount of sharing and that, that like a circular knitting machine that just blows my mind because that's such an expensive tool. Mm -hmm. And to make it so much more accessible, like you could probably get set up with the 3D printer and everything you need with it cheaper than you could find a circular sock knitting machine. I think total invested, I've probably only spent maybe $50, maybe, if that. That's for us, one one spool. I got the entire print out of one spool. Uh, the needles probably cost me like $40, was the most expensive part. A spring for it, the tension spring was $5. I mean, and like the other miscellaneous tools you can just get at the hardware store. So, but I mean, to think that one, like, it's so great that something like the 3D printer can help you in your other, you know, hobbies. Same thing with the laser printer. I mean, that's amazing. Like having a laser printer, that's, I would love to get one of those. Just the things you can do with it. It's, it's just, it's this, it's the same basically. 
Yeah, you know, and I think it takes down on how much we as artists, like we can work on our thing and we can let something be automated, but still have that hand in it and have it be like in our home or be supporting another small mm-hmm. business to do it, making it a lot more accessible overall. It's it's pretty, pretty amazing. And like, like you said, what you can do so many things with it. I mean, Kat was just showing um, you the wine glass that Joe actually did with with like her logo on it when she was holding it up to the camera a minute ago. And, you know, like he did a coaster for us for the podcast and a couple of like little things just playing around. I need my coaster, Emily. Emily, I would like a po- coaster for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just, it's it's not something that we think of automatically because it's not tactile. It is this like electronic thing. And I think it's really amazing how much things are moving toward that though. Like the next issue of Fly Magazine is gonna be electric and it's all these electric machines. And I'm kind of curious to see if anything like that's in it too, you know? Yeah, that would be really interesting to see, you know? And and you can see on the platforms like Etsy and whatnot, a lot of people are moving towards um, things being laser, laser uh, printed or laser engraved or laser cut. 3D printed, it's like the, it's the accessibility of it, you know? It's like the next big um, iteration of creativity. So our, right. our, 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 the evolution of creativity. <laughs> that it's building on the foundation that's already been laid, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious, are you still making bags? I do make bags on occasion. Um, unfortunately, right now, like, all of my time is, is is work towards the ambulance project. I just learned how to weld. Uh, my grandfather taught me. So, because the so, entire floor of the ambulance had rusted away. So my husband and I installed new steel plates that are like probably like four inches by like, you know, 20 inch strips. And we, I welded it in for us. So that was that. That's a new hobby. I definitely want to learn some more about. Maybe you can three D print some goggles <laughs> to go with my yeah, or shield. Could you yeah. see it? That would a take a while. Fun. So we know a little bit about your ambulance project, but nobody else that well, probably most people who are listening to this don't how did this happen I mean how did this start I guess I should say not how did this happen uh so I can definitely blame that on my husband um we had a camper um which we loved camping with and he's like you know I'd really like to get an RV and I'm like okay those are kind of expensive so we started looking into used RVs and how much it would cost to get one and I mean, these are, these things are as expensive as a brand new car, even used. So we're like, okay, let's go another route. So then we started seeing people um, on YouTube doing bus redos and the sprinter redos into campers and RVs. And we're like, we're pretty handy. We, We could probably tackle a project like that. And my husband was like, looking through Facebook marketplace constantly all the time, you know, and the ambulance came up and it was only an hour away. And he's like, let's just go check this thing out. 
we got there I swear to god it was like 10 minutes we we had bought it in 10 minutes too we're like okay how much do you want we only paid three grand for it and we're like this this is a steal we couldn't buy a used car for this price you know so um we're like okay we got it you know and believe it or not the guy who owned it actually did used it as his business um business mobile he did paranormal investigations with it it was the funniest thing ever to see we parked in our driveway and it still had his logos on it and all of our neighbors are like are you guys crazy like what happened (laughs) but have you found anything interesting in it since you bought it no, we have not had any ghost encounters. Oh, no, I meant tools or anything else, that, you know, for his investigation. For his business, no. He he cleaned that out pretty well before we got it. Luckily, I mean, but, but we haven't had any issues with it. No, no ghost visiting us or anything. <laughs> but so I can't see that you at any time. Uh, <laughs> what was that, Emily? Oh, I just. I said Slimer's not going to come out of the front seat at you at any time. Well, Thanks at least name. she can print a hose for her ghost catcher. <laughs> for my backpack. For your backpack. Plasma pack. Plasma pack. <laughs> you can totally print a plasma pack. I'll hook it up to the welder. But we got it home and probably with, we only got it home in December. So we've only been working on it really for the past four or five months. And um, we've done, I feel like we've done so much to it, but it doesn't really show um, because we focused on the electrical, making sure the engine ran good, you know, like all the things that you would do normally to make sure that a car runs well. We took care of all of that first. So Kim, it seems like that's the the bones of it because you're not really going to go anywhere with it if those things don't work so if the floor falls out of it it's going to be hard to go camping (laughs) exactly and we tell you to be honest we didn't even realize that the floor was bad because there's the carpet over it we just knew that the step was bad so we were like oh let's pick up the carpet and we'll redo the step you know you know how a van has that like little ledge to get in it was all corroded we were like not a big deal you know but as soon as we took up that carpet the entire floor pan was gone so I drove this thing home by myself while he drove our truck home with no floor pan not even knowing it like here I am like stepping on it and everything and I'm like if I had known that that was not there I think I would have been a little bit worse for wear I don't think it was probably just the tail end of the um the the ghosts if they were they just held you up on the way home and then went they're like don't worry we got you we took uh all these spark plugs out we put all new spark plug wires in uh, a brand new fuel pump a brand new um oil change like uh I don't know if you guys know but ambulances sometimes have two gas tanks for like longer trips you know, like if you're, cause they, most of the time they have to sit in a parking lot and wait, you know? So it's like, they need that extra fuel just to burn off so that they're not freezing or, you know, too hot in a day, but we still can't get the second gas tank to work, but to get it to work, we would have to drop the, uh, both of the gas tanks. Cause they're, they're connected by, and just separated by a wall inside. 
so that's our next project next year maybe we just so want more welding to- yeah more well maybe not welding but um more installation of brand new parts that hopefully we can get well maybe that welding will come in handy if you can't i know right it's, it's gonna be gaskets it'll stick. be fine right i mean this thing looks pretty good for an 86 it's got all leather like interior and like these like the um the faux wood walls and stuff so you had the fancy ambulance right the, the very fancy you can see a picture of that, and I would never have guessed that was an 86. It looks uh, so tiny. <laughs> right? It does. It, it's very well, the inside of the, the back, what they call the cab, is very well taken care of. It was just the front half and all the uh, regular car maintenance that wasn't, so... Uh, do you have any plans to use it for anything besides camping? Like, do you think that you'll... I mean obviously you'd still probably be camping in it, but do you think you're going to be traveling to shows in it or anything in the future? Definitely. As soon as I just got my second vaccination, like a week and a half ago, I'm fully vaccinated. So now that I feel comfortable, I'm definitely going to start signing up for shows again, because I, I do miss, I miss the community, you know, like not being able to see you guys is, it's been really hard. Like, I feel very alone, alone most of the time. You're really far away from most of us too. Like I am. You're like Upper East Side instead of, you know, right. like a lot of us are kind of centralized or Lower West yeah. Michigan, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, I'm like the oddball. Like um, Vanessa lives in Ann Arbor and like Dana lives in Lansing and you guys live uh, you know, Traverse City and Grand Blank and all, you know, everywhere, like, but I feel like there's not a lot of dyers down where I am, really. But it'll be, it'll be really great to be able to see you again. Emily and I both um, have reached our, our two weeks and stuff, so we're all, I've got my hugs ready. I'm waiting. I'm, so I'm waiting. I got to hug <laughs> a friend for the first time in, like, 14 months last week and I thought I was gonna cry a little bit actually I probably did cry a little bit so I'm definitely ready for those human touch yeah I'm so ready you're locked and loaded (laughs) uh, I'm and I you know me I'm a hugger so this has been a challenge yeah I will say though that it's been really great that my kiddos are also huggers and like we're a pretty tight family but my daughter in particular is very big on hugs so she has been uh, her need for for touch and hugs has been high and so is mine so she just you know she actually was coming to give me a hug when she came in and she was like oh you're you're doing an interview so I'll come back oh yeah we wouldn't mind it trust me no but I didn't get a couple big cookies this time because she's helping me um be good instead of eating like 16 cookies when she makes them because they're so that's really hard to not eat oh man well she brought she will occasionally like usually once a week bring me fresh baked chocolate chip cookies when I'm in meetings and my coworkers are like I want to come to your house I'm like you have no idea she made chocolate cake for us for Mother's Day from scratch scratch yeah that's amazing her thing now is that she makes the birthday cakes she made me a carrot cake for my birthday and it was amazing too so Speaking of cooking, 
It's been really cool to see your cooking that you've been doing, Kim. I, I know it's been a little while since you posted anything, but just like some of the recipes that, that you knew, I think from relatives and stuff and like trying them and everything. It's been really hard, like not seeing anyone. And something that I've really missed is my grandmother's cooking. So I called her up and I got her recipes. That's what she saw. It was her uh, egg rolls that I made. So I just been constantly trying to get it to her level. You know, it's, it's not the same. It's never the same, but eventually something in it, you know, like I can't make my grandma's molasses cookies quite right. And I used to help her all the time and I still can't do it quite right. I don't understand. But you got to get that muscle memory, you know, you just got to keep doing it. Right. Right. So I'm happy to be either of your guinea pigs. I, I sign up for testing. Oh, I'm more than happy to freeze and deliver. Trust me. <laughs> were you talking, to, did you just say that like the, the measurement, the palm of your hand, was that what you were just saying? Yes. She's like, oh, it's about this much. And I'm like, I, I can't tell because your hand is a different size than mine. She's like tiny, you know? And I'm like, uh, is this right? And I'm like, nope, that's not right. It doesn't taste the same. She's like, oh, it's a, it, you know, it's about, I don't know. And she just holds the bottle upside down of like the fish sauce and stuff. And I'm like, what, what? She's like, oh, you just hold it, up, you know, this long. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> the time to the time to chug about three glugs. Yeah. Up went around the bowl within at this angle, 45 <laughs> degree angle, please. Well, like your fish sauce comes out the same. <laughs> Clearly, because it's clearly the same thing. Right? Yep, not this much. That's actually another thing. It's really like it was really hard to actually find the actual ingredients that she uses. Because, like, the suppliers, you know, it's so different from downriver to up where I am. Um, And it's like, okay, I know it's this brand and I can't read it to save my life but I can picture it, you know? So I'm like, okay, is this the correct type of bean thread noodles? Cause there's a million of them when you get to the store. <laughs> yeah. I was just at Horrocks yesterday trying to figure out, cause I I've been making a lot of like Thai dishes and stuff, just oh, like fine. different things. And I was just, I wanted like the noodles that they were calling for. And I'm like, which one of these <laughs> is the right width and thickness and what it's a guessing oh, game. <laughs> it yeah. is totally a guessing game it is something super exciting about going to the grocery store now that's because good you're going to the grocery because we went to the grocery store and we went shopping <laughs> and it was fun and there was all this food to choose from <laughs> instead of having someone else try and pick out the right thing for you um, actually steve was he, steve was doing the shopping for the household for the last year we go about every two weeks so mm-hmm. we were trying to keep it to a year ago but it's um it's different because the things that I like to eat and where they're ripe are not what Steve likes to eat and where they're ripe so there's that my husband likes green bananas oh I'm so sorry totally green he'll just open it right up and just munch on it I'm like oh my god I'm that totally green that's and the only way my sister likes yellow, he won't she, eat it 
hates bananas, but she will eat green bananas so that she gets the potassium. Me, I'm like, it doesn't have any spots yet. <laughs> Me too. That's when they get <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I'm like, it's either gone too far or not far enough. So then I just wait till they're brown and I make banana bread with them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, banana bread. See, mm-hmm. you're just like all the all the things. So what other recipes did you you get from your grandma eventually? Uh, how to make um, nook mom, which is like a, um, a spicy fish sauce dipping sauce for like the, the egg rolls. And actually we use it for a right, lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, and then uh, she taught me how to make uh, it's bumbao, which is like this meat bun. It's kind of like What's what can I describe it to? It's like a donut, but it's not sweet. So it's like, in, you know, it has it's encased inside of like this bread bun. You know, it's like spicy barbecue or like uh, we do this uh, Vietnamese version has a quail egg in it with uh, ground pork and ground shrimp all around it. I feel like, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, so I kind of like clinched it because I, I'm pretty sure that I had been binge watching all of these different <laughs> cooking channels with all these fancy chefs, and they did <laughs> back in the day. Anyway, but so did you get quail eggs and go the whole nine yards, or? Oh yeah, of course. But if you don't have quail eggs, what you do is you just boil an egg and then you cut it in half and then wrap. Like you don't do it all the way. You don't. You know. You don't. Uh, so it's like kind of soft boil. Yeah, soft boil you cut it and then you wrap it with the meat, the raw meat, and then you put it in the bun. And when you steam it, it it goes to the correct doneness, you know, by the time that it's done. So. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) This is making me hungry. (laughs) I know. Okay. Well, we should, we'll we'll stop talking about the food portion of things, but okay. So you've been working on just, oh, oh, does the ambulance have a name yet? No. So this is like, this is where we're stumped. So if anyone has any good ideas, like we wanted, like, we were like, oh, we're going to call it, you know, just like these weird names because we put the eyeballs and the horns on it. We're like, oh, we're going to call it the soul sucker or (laughs) the demon. And I'm like, I don't really want to drive around in something called that, you know, like we (laughs) thought it was funny. But going back to the roots of what it was just before you got it, though, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> I like. I feel kind of morbid calling it the soul sucker. Yeah. When Kat asked if it had a name yet, I was gonna say, but it just opened its eyes yesterday. <laughs> it did. It's a newborn. It's just slowly making its way around. It hasn't even gotten on all fours. <laughs> um, well, we can I, certainly put out a call for suggestions if you want to yeah. give us a couple of photos of it, and we can say, help us name this. Name ambulatory me. RV. <laughs> um, I do. I just got a iPad and I've been working in Procreate a lot lately. So I want to make like a, a cool mural for the side of it because it's all painted black, which is unusual for, you know, ambulances, but it's all black. So we figured it would be a great background for like a camping mural or something like that, you know. Or like the four seasons like in windows or something but 
we just can't nail down what we want to do on it. Isn't that, isn't that sad? There's just so many ideas. You're going to be living with it, you know, I mean, you're going to kind of sometimes be living in it. um, You know, it's like, you want it to be something that you're going to love for a long time, you know, and be happy with. I love, you know, I always knew that you were into so many different things, but it's really, really interesting to hear how many things you've even learned just since the last time I saw you, you know, it seems like every time I see you doing something different and I mean, like learning to weld and (laughs) printing, and then you're like, oh, and I just got an iPad. I'm working in Procreate to make a mural now. (laughs) I think the term is called ADHD. (laughs) Creative bed. No, I think it's Jill of all trades. (laughs) I like that one too. Thank you. I've used that to describe myself. So I feel much better because Claire (laughs) always is like, you're just undiagnosed, darling. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I also for all of us. <laughs> but it's shiny. I think us creatives are like that, though. You know, like one hobby leads, you're like, it sparks an interest, and you're like, oh, that would look really nice going with this. And then, you know, that leads into other interests. And like, I got into embroidery because I was like, oh, I made this really cool shirt and I'd like to add something to it. And I'm like, oh, embroidery, that looks really cool. I could do that on there. And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, like I couldn't, I could turn the tools to, you know, go with the embroidery, you know, the, the embroidery stands, I could build those and it just, it leads into everything else. I, my husband describes it as like, if you give a mouse a cookie on steroids or something like that, I'm not <laughs> exactly how he put it, but that's definitely me where I'm like, if you give a cat a spindle, if you give a Kim, um, an embroidery <laughs> needle, you're going to end up with a 3d printer. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow one way or another, we'll get there. <laughs> I do feel like there is a, a progression that happens because it's also growing in our creativity and kind of, you know, expanding that reach that we have because our curiosity is still there. You know, I think that's actually a really wonderful thing that we haven't lost our curiosity. Right. And that you're still willing to like learn and put effort into expanding your knowledge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people lose that as they get older and um, Mm. it's, it's definitely, something that keeps me going, you know, and like, like what you were saying is, you know, it does one thing leads to another. And it's sometimes it's, you're trying to solve a problem for yourself, right? Or you're just trying to do something innovative and you're like, you see something cool and you're like, oh, but I could do this with that, you know, it's a springboard. uh, Yeah, absolutely. A springboard. And it's, it's like, it's, I like that much better than catalyst. Yeah. I always used to say it was a catalyst for, for that springboard. It's my trampoline. <laughs> and with that though too, I think, you know, cause we all do fiber shows and I know that when I walk around a fiber show and I'm seeing yarn booth, fiber booth, yarn booth, fiber booth. And of course those are wonderful. It's so nice to see those things. That's what the show is about. But when you mm-hmm. see a booth that has something really different that you didn't know that you wanted or needed right like that's the thing that gets me geeked out you know and I'm like oh oh and then you like expect one of those at every show at least like oh my gosh do you remember this booth yeah 
we have to look for it the next time we're at the show. Yeah, exactly. I didn't save enough money and they were the last booth. You know? Always the last booth. Always. Or like the second to last booth. Yeah. And like every time I see your stuff, uh, like when you're posting or you're teaching classes, Emily, I'm always so like, oh my God, I would just love to take a class and like do that and like learn that and your lapidary skills. I'm like, she's amazing. <laughs> like, I want to do that. Like, um, that's, that's well, my hair. She's teaching some classes. So, well, I might just have to come up and take a trip and come see you guys. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Well, you'll have to come up farther. Maybe we could meet in the well, middle. Yeah. I'll come down or over or something. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Don't worry. I'll come somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just I think that the other thing about that is is working in those different things and even doing those creative projects like your ambulance project and stuff. I think that it helps us kind of like get out of our heads a little bit with other things mm -hmm. that might you know like you hit a roadblock or you maybe you're becoming a little bit disenchanted with one thing for right now or like. You know, you were saying that about the resin, you know, like that's beautiful stuff. And like making jewelry, I know firsthand that resin is yeah. not great stuff to be breathing in. So no, it's not. I'm glad that you're being safe and doing what you need to with it if you're going to continue with it. But, um, you know, it's uh, to be able to go, okay, well, this isn't working for me right now. What can I do that is similar to that or that can make the same thing? And so that is kind of like you, again, it was solving a problem, like doing yeah different and I like with your bags too I always thought I, I always loved your bags because Aww. your little your little snappy bottoms that made it so that it could be flat on the bottom or it could expand you know I feel like this could be a parody snappy bottom bags snappy bottom bags <laughs> um, but you know like I think that's really innovative what you did and yeah you a lot of thought definitely always goes into what you do and you know like even the fabric on the inside of your bags that it's like the the slippery what is that is it a nylon or yeah it's a um it's a type of nylon it's not necessarily ripstop because it doesn't have um the real grids of a ripstop but it is a nylon base and um I actually came across that because I was finding that when I first started spinning and I was using bags I would notice how much fiber was wasted like being rubbed up against the inside of the bag. And I'm like, there's gotta be a, a better way around this, you know, like where the fiber isn't like pulled out of the bat every time that you put your project in and out of your bag, you know? So that's how I ended up coming across that. And then I spilled coffee on my bag one time and I was like, oh, this is great for that too. <laughs> Easily wiped, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is clean. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't your project totally through right away. Right. What a lifesaver. And it was like an accidental find, huh? Right. <laughs> totally on purpose. I, I so appreciate what, what you just said too about the fiber because, you know, I mostly use your bags for my knitting projects, but I did, I was using one of them for a spindle. Excuse me. And I did notice that it was like, oh, I didn't have to worry about the fluff sticking on the inside. And I always get worried when someone wants to use their own shopping bag and they're buying fiber from me. Because they're like, oh, just put it in here. And I'm like, can, can I at least put it in something else first? Like it's yeah. gonna stick to everything in there. Yeah. 
it will it will it just it's un- inevitable you know yeah. I just think I've embraced the extra layer of hair that I live in um <laughs> from the fluff from all the fluff <laughs> but you're right because there's also you know you can keep it nice so it's not compacted and you can actually play with it when you open it up because your bats are so lovely and it's so fun so having something like that bag that it's not going to stick to so it's not going to you know, right. it's going to grate the outside of the bat before you get to it. Yeah, it's going to protect the integrity of it. Like, because like you want it to be spun as beautifully as it was meant to be. And if the outside is felted before you even get to it, it's your customer's going to feel like, like it wasn't worth buying. You know what I mean? It won't bring that, that joy that it should. Right, exactly. Entirely because they just... They, they had they were well-meaning and wanted to save themselves like not use another bag you know right. that's fair I wasn't trying to be down I wasn't trying to be down the person buying the bag I'm like but you're beautiful bats right. <laughs> but yeah it's it's um yeah you don't want somebody to be unhappy when they get home with something oh, because right. they enjoy it the way the way that they they probably should have um so I am curious, you know, you said you're probably gonna start doing some fiber shows. You usually mm-hmm. kind of piggyback on someone else's booth. That's not a very nice way of putting that. You share a booth. We, <laughs> we do. Normal, and normally it's because I, um, you know, I, I work full time and I don't um, dedicate as much time as to the business as I should. So I, I normally don't have like a lot of stock to fill an entire booth by myself. So I find that sharing a booth helps both that person and me because then it's less product that they have to carry to the show. And then there's someone there to watch the booth too. say you need a break for a few minutes, you know, or, yeah, or good deal. Yeah. You, you <laughs> want, you want some food and you don't want to be interrupted while you're eating, you know? Yeah. Well, and Kat, Kat's letting me share a booth with her at tip of the mat coming up here. So yeah. you'll see how nice it is it is so nice well actually we shared a booth that was one of the first time we spent a good amount of time together was at the the Michigan weavers conference michigan weavers conference there i got it out <laughs> and we shared a booth there and it was like oh us talking about doing this and i also i have had a lot less i've created a lot less product recently mm-hmm. because i haven't been building up my stock yeah. for why not fibers for shows because shows haven't really I mean there have been a few shows and there's been some things but the amount of product prep that I usually do by now hasn't even remotely happened and that's okay because I can show get some new things that I have been doing and it's also great because we're going to be able to share a space and like we're super excited to hang out so we can do both at the same time and I'm like (laughs) you can have it you can have as much as you want. Well, and we can, we know each other well enough that we can just have one register and it'll be easy. Yeah. We don't want to confuse our customer base by trying to figure out where they're supposed to go with what, but also I've spent enough time fondling some of your stuff, Emily, mm-hmm. that um, your product, your, sorry, your yarn, your, your, your fiber. Wow. This is not getting better. <laughs> <laughs> on that tangent. <laughs> I think we're both in a position where it's it's hard to kind of re-enter into the show mm-hmm. season and 
I'm definitely using that model of sharing to be able to kind of fill in gaps where the other maybe didn't, wasn't able to get as much done. And um, I also feel like we think, I think, I feel like Emily, that we are approaching it the same way we have kind of the podcast in that we want it to, we want to grow back into it organically and we don't want to force it. And we also Mm -hmm. don't want to get ramped up so far that we feel like we're just barely treading water because we dove back in and being able to ease back in with our own little support system. Like that's going to be lovely. Yeah. And then I'm like banging in my booth and going to hang out with you the whole time. Right. See, and I'm like dreaming of having like a super mega booth with all our friends. (laughs) That would be amazing. That'd be great. I always I think- Ann Arbor did the like the law, you know, they do yes. those like galley booths, but they were through and through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if we just had one big one. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. For fun. Kinky. Are you thinking uh-huh. what I'm thinking? Oh, anyway. I don't know. You know, I, we're always hatching some scheme. That's that's our problem. We have too many ideas. And I think that sometimes the like busyness of doing mm-hmm. different things. You know, I mean, like, I think you were saying the same thing earlier. You're like, I want to do all the things. and <laughs> It's hard to narrow it down, especially like the things that you want to focus on. You know, it's like there's this new tempting skill out there that you want to do, but then it's taking away from everything else that you have to do or, or, or need to do rather, you know. There's that, that, there's that longing to do it, but you're not letting yourself do it because yes, yep. you're guilty because you got to do the other things, but then you got to put off the other things because you don't want to do those things. It's like crafty FOMO. Yes. And because, you know, that fear of missing out on something cool that you might never learn if you don't learn it right this second. Right. But you've actually like really solidly taken some of these and it's not even like you're just dabbling in one little thing and well I'm gonna learn how to do one stitch right it's like full force (laughs) no halfway head diving in nope there's there's no halfway once you go you're like I need all the things for this thing now It seems like you and your husband both have a good balance of that and like figuring out more things, like working together and how can we figure out this thing too, you know, and like that's, is it more so you than him? If you, if you guys heard us working through a project together, you would think that we were getting divorced. (laughs) I am not going to lie. I'm not going to (laughs) say this. We argue and bicker so much because in my head I see it going one way and in his head he sees it going the entire opposite way oh wow so so like for example we were putting in the lights on the top of the ambulance right and I that I am too heavy honestly for the ambulance to support my weight so he had to do it but when he got up there he was stepping on the windshield well, I am freaking out because in my head, that windshield is going to break and then that's going to be an extra cost. So I'm like, oh, you know, ooh, ooh, watch what you're doing, you know, and him, every time I do that, that makes him aggravated. 
you know what I mean? Like, so we're both doing something to aggravate the other one, but we can't stop. Oh man, some of the tailspin right there. Yeah, so sometimes we do, we get on each other's nerves, but when we do work together and we can hold back our tongues and not not say exactly what we're feeling at that moment we we accomplish a lot you know like he's always pushing me yeah that's great it does sound like you're both really resourceful though (laughs) with figuring the things out you need to I mean you said you learned how to weld so that you could do that pan in the bottom and um you know like he obviously could do some wiring things (laughs) right but see it might I I am very lucky because my husband, he pushes me to expand my knowledge. You know, he's like, Hey, why don't you learn to weld? And then you can teach me how to do it. And I, like my grandfather's taught welding in high school, you know, for forever when he was younger, obviously. And never once did I ever think to say, grandpa, can you teach me to weld? You know, I, that just wasn't in my radar at all. And with this project, it was like, well, why don't you learn how to do it? And then you can show me. I'm like, okay, sure. Well, that's on so many levels that you got to learn something from your grandfather, which is really cool. Yes. And I'll take with me forever now. Yeah. And I mean, that's really interesting too, because that's the thing. Like my dad always had a wood shop when I was growing up and like he still does, but I never, like I took shop class even in high school, right. but I did. And I like, I used those tools in college, but I never had my dad show me. And I think that's like, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the, uh, being a female. Yeah. Really, when it comes I totally to agree with you. It's like, it's like, we're not allowed to ask, you know, like we get programmed in our head that this is what we're supposed to do, or this is what we're, how we're supposed to approach yeah. things. And oh, that's not really push question, outside of it, right? I'm sorry, what? Like, you know, kind of like that feeling like, oh, that's, that's not supposed to be in your wheelhouse. So you don't have to learn that, you know? And I don't think it was ever withheld or anything. It all, oh, it was just like, I didn't think about it either because it wasn't the norm for me to be able to do that, you know, and just like gaps in that knowledge though, too. I think that we're in a generation where, unless we really bugged to learn Mm -hmm. how to do something or really, really showed a vested interest in it, it just didn't happen, you know? And I, I think we're the generation that is kind of bringing back that passing something down. And we're, but like, you know, like you were saying about asking your grandmother for the recipes and um, learning that for learning how to weld from your grandfather and all of that stuff. And it's like, I know my mom sewed. So I got that from her because I just sat in her sewing room when I was a kid and would like look through her button tins. And I, I picked up on a lot of that just from watching her. But then I was in high school and I remember really wanting to learn how to crochet and she tried to teach me and I was up in the arts like I can't do this I can't do this and a friend taught me how to knit and it did like you know but I I was terrible at it and picked it back up in college and stuff but it was like my mom is the type of person that she will 
she's happy to try to show me, but she tries to take it away from me too much. And then she just ends up doing it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of always been the way it's been. So I've had to really kind of just like, I remember there were times my mom would be out of town on business, but like go in her sewing room. And I, <laughs> I, I remember making myself a purse out of a pair of jeans. Like you just did, you know, like the butt and the front yeah. like, the legs off and you sew it. And I remember doing that and like, I broke her favorite seam ripper and like his jeans <laughs> and then there's the zipper and it was the seam ripper that I broke though. Cause I screwed up and I was like popping the seams to do it. But you know, it. I learned so much from her by watching her, you know, yeah. I, like, I can make soup because I watched her make soup all the time. Well, I uh, watched this guy on Twitch, which I'm going to try and switch now. I, I don't know, maybe, but he makes these beautiful seam rippers slash turners. So the parts come out and then um, it gets slipped back in. Yeah, one of our jewelry students makes those. He turns the wood and, and does that. They're awesome. So beautiful. I'm Funny like story. obsessed with them. <laughs> Funny story. I actually bought one of those for my mom for Christmas because of the seam ripper thing. I own, I, well, I have two of them now, but I ordered two more. They're really good. I have the very cheap. I grabbed a seam ripper because I needed another seam ripper because I killed another seam ripper. Oh no, you need to find those then. So you're I know. talking about doing Twitch though. I mean, your podcast previously was on YouTube. It, it was, but I found that the editing part is really what deterred me mm-hmm. from doing any more because the time it took me to edit them, I'm not, I'm not advanced at editing whatsoever we're we're learning trial by fire with everything right and it takes three times as long when that happens so like putting tutorials together I I really enjoyed the first one I did and then I tried to do some pants and doing the tutorial for that I found it really frustrating I found I had missed videoing some stuff so then I ended up trashing the entire project and after that I was like okay this is Maybe not, YouTube is maybe not the route for me, you know, but now seeing Twitch, like people just like us, we're just talking and like hanging out and like, we could be like, like Kat was earlier spinning, you know, but she's still showing, showcasing her abilities and still hanging out at the same time without having to edit it down. That to me is probably better route for me because I can just show what I'm doing and then if I miss a step, someone can ask me and I can show it right then and there, you know? Well, yeah. And that, that sounds so great to, to be able to share skills that way. And I like, I've seen a little bit of that because my son watches YouTube all the time. So I see like most of what I know of Twitch is gamers, but right. I feel like, and I, 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 can't, I can't even say, I feel like I know that since the pandemic, fiber artists and anyone else who's having to try to present anything yeah. online, do anything online, the, the tools that we are using are mm-hmm. what gamers have been using for years. Forever. Forever. Oh, yeah. OBS, the mm-hmm. open broadcasting software. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and- I'm going to learn that eventually. I've downloaded it and there are other people on Twitch that are like, don't worry, we'll get you set up because I started showing them the project that we were working on, you know, the ambulance. And they're like, oh my God, that would be great. And I'm like, 
we're pretty much done now though there's other things yeah absolutely and i i think that um just like with the tools we were talking about earlier and all the innovation with that i feel like as artisans and craftspeople that we are able to adapt so quickly and easily so that when right. especially if something already has that sort of infrastructure there of, of what it is, then it's it's not a far leap to go, okay, how can I use this for me? And right. that sounds so great. So I hope that you'll let us know when you get that set up so that we I can for sure well. And go to the makers and crafters and just explore there. And you're, I mean, like the lapidary and the spinning, like, oh my gosh. Uh -uh. Yeah. Yeah. Untapped market. Had no idea. Yeah. Check it out. It <laughs> okay. is the best thing ever. It's such a community, just like our fiber arts community, you That's know? Great. Are, I'm assuming you'll be chasing acorns on there as well. Yeah, yep. That's um that's already my Twitch name is Chasing Acorns. And as soon as I have a profile, I promise I will be sharing it. Oh, so <laughs> where people where can people find your things now? Uh right now I'm uh chasing acorns across all platforms pretty much. Um it's just a, maybe an underscore between chasing acorns once in a while. Uh Instagram, uh you can find me on Facebook, although I'm not very active on Facebook. Um or honestly, Instagram right now, I probably just post more food pictures than anything. But you guys uh, soon, Twitch will also be chasing acorns. Well, thank so. you so much, Kim. Well, thanks for having me. It's fun to hang out. I miss you guys. I miss you too. Soon, soon. We'll all have hugs soon. We'll all have hugs soon. And this has been Fiber Variety Hour. So that was our interview with Kim Pasco from Chasing Acorns. And I just clammed right up. <laughs> that was our interview with Kim from Chasing Acorns. And you can find her on social media as Chasing Acorns, sometimes Chasing cha underscore Acorns. And various items that she makes with an Etsy shop. And we're hoping to separate out some of the video from the podcast because uh, there is a portion where Kim actually gives us a tour of her ambulance that she's converted into a camper and RV. Oh yes. An RV. I'm sorry. Yes. Because you can drive it. Mix that up. <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> well, we'll be mixing up some more things. I'm sure soon. Yeah, Thanks so much yeah. for listening. And you can find us on social media as fiber, R E variety hour. <laughs>